Night, sleep, death, and the stars. And no trespassing. Hit the theme music. Okay. That was nice and sort of spooky. That was a list of Daniel's favorite things. Night, sleep, death, and the stars. Yeah, that's accurate, isn't it? I mean, that's not, you know, night, sleep, stars, maybe not death, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Daniel's a big titty goth girl. That's There you go. Welcome, listener readers. Hello, everyone. To some readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Right to my Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation is always on smoking jackets. It's always on. It's always on overly gaudy uh, uh, night robes. <laughs> it's always on um, y- young tragedy. It's always. It's always on haunted house stories. It's always on bad handwriting. It's always on Joyce Carol Oates. It's always on a big spoonful of them oats. Oh, totally. Um, look, first off, let me say a couple things. Uh, I read a passage briefly that, Gabriel, you might remember being the title of the next Joyce Carol Oates novel. Sure do. Which is coming out in, I think, May 2020, cool. I think, roughly. Um, that is actually, I got from reading her memoir called The Faith of a Writer. Memoir. Uh, and that is from a poem called A Clear Midnight by some fucking guy. By some dude. <laughs> Who is this shit? Now, whenever you say the title Whitman. of that book, it makes me... Th- Walt Whitman? Yeah, I think so. No. Oh, makes me think of a hymn we used to sing in church, because I used to go to church all the time, called The Faith of Our Fathers. Mm, probably a reference to that. Could be. Uh, the other thing we're going to do, and we'll introduce ourselves in a moment, mm. uh, is that right behind me, uh, Gabriel, uh, for to kind of put extra padding in our little home studio and Top Gun walking closet... Let me take a photo of you and this coat. Is that essentially... Pose, Daniel. This... <laughs> One second. Here, give it, give it like the Price is Right treatment. Solid. All right. Uh, is that there is a very expensive looking, uh, padded, rich blue uh, robe slash like a deep like, dark like it looks like it's suede. It's almost like it's almost like a Hugh Hefner kind of jacket. Yeah, and that... the inside of it looks like like regular like heated padding. So like I assume this was like a neat new suede overcoat you had that happened to have like like tassels yep. and. It's got tassels and everything. Gabriel, uh, very, and briefly, uh, this was a this was something that my mother's very wealthy uh, 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 employer benefactor um, employer benefactor sounds creepy <laughs> uh, employer basically like it was like, hey, does your son want this? Whatever, because he got this as a gift. Mm-hmm. So this is an actual like very expensive robe. It looks very nice. It is horrible because I, I'm into it, Gabriel. It looks nice. Do you know how short this is? How short? It goes like under. Oh yeah, no, it, you have to reaches, wear pants if that. It reaches like under the ass, so uh-huh. like it's <laughs> like I like my robes to be like kind of like have like some nice length to them. So I like, like lit- wear robes. Like literally, you can like have like your underwear on and mm-hmm. like be in a robe and not and not feel necessarily naked. Just be kind of like comfortable. Sure. This is one where it's like it's like a mini dress. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a little LBD. Yeah, but but you need to wear like nice pajama pants with it. Yeah, no, Daniel and I have very different relaxing attire that for me i wear like the ugliest clothes i have mm-hmm. and then i sleep naked whereas daniel has a <laughs> glorious smoking jacket and wears scrubs sometimes uh no i used to yeah uh, like a long time ago my my uh my night clothes used to be scrubs that i had for free which is like kind of it practical. was a weird thing to like get up in the middle of the night and say that something's going on and daniel's wearing scrubs i'm like <laughs> 
Are you? Do you have a night job as a doctor? I don't know about. This is a very long time time ago. Like the last time we probably lived together. That yeah, we, that we, was like over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, because I was saying like, oh yeah, Scrubs. Yeah, I used to do that a long time ago. Anyway, so who are you? <laughs> Hi everyone. My name is Gabe Marr. I'm a comedian. Every now and again, I'm a writer. I'm a audio producer, and uh, I also attend the bar. Come see me at the bar at Oyster House in the San Fernando Valley. Daniel, who are you? I am an audio producer, editor, and. Writer, what the fuck? What's your I'm name? Gonna say that. I'm Daniel Gonzalez. Hey. Uh, I also uh, am an author. I have a something note. relatively exciting to say about at the end of the during plugs about that. Cool. And this is a show. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. And Gabriel, uh-huh. we're halfway into roughly Oats Tober. Oats Toberfest. Oats Tober. Lift your Gertrude Steins. Gabriel, this is the month where all we do because it's such a spooky season mm-hmm. that we talk about Joyce Carol Oats. Yeah, I think it should be an annual thing for us from now on. S- yeah, Oats Tober. Specifically horror stories because yeah. some other stuff like isn't really horror. You know. Yeah, it's fine. It's more like yeah, uh, yeah, and we'll. I mean, we'll actually get right into it. Um, the... Yeah. Did you rebrand last week's episode as Oats Tober? Uh, yeah, I didn't put in the title though. <sighs> Uh, one second. What's the full title of this? Okay. Right now, we're reading a story from the short story collection, Haunted. Haunted. Tale, Haunted. Tales. Tales of Grotesque. Tales of, of the Grotesque. But it didn't fit in the meter. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Gabriel, did you look up ahead of time what year this sto- uh, the story we're doing is the titular story, Haunted? I did indeed. Well, we already did some research. You did a lot of lengthy research on Joyce Carol Oates last yeah. week. If you guys want all the fun backstory on her, please check out last week's episode where we discussed the Dollmaster. Yeah. And uh, it would be nice to kind of go through all that again per every episode, but yeah. like it is like ten minutes worth. It's a of lot research. of stuff. So we're doing haunted, the first story in the collection, haunted. Mm-hmm. And I don't have much information on the story itself. Okay. Um, the collection itself was published on either February first or tenth in nineteen ninety four. I mm-hmm. saw it two different ways, which is kind of odd. This is her eighteenth hardcover collection of short stories. Mm, yeah, which is pretty wild. Um, yeah, again, one of the most notable things that people like readily know about her is that she's extremely prolific. She read a lot. She did. And then she journals when she's done for the day, which is pretty wild. Oh, she's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Haunted, there's only one story in the whole collection that was not previously published. I forget which one. It might have been... Uh, um, like the model or something like that might have been the model that was one of the longer ones I actually was skimming through it when I was waiting for you actually it's really fucking cool I I believe it she's a great writer and the only other thing I have to to tell you about Haunted itself Mm -hmm. is that this story won the year's best fantasy and horror in 1988 oh good for her yeah this is an award winning story one of hers and again like I want to get too into like how I feel about this story because like I can't wait to talk about this Mm -hmm. but I have some things I want to say beforehand sure I'll uh, read my passages that I want to show you after you tell me these bits okay sorry Uh, the um I did like I wanted to do like a little bit of research instead i was reading her memoir uh the faith of a writer mm-hmm. um and i think i was reading this last week and i was like oh this is a lot of good shit i can talk about next time we do this immediately forgot all of it um as you do the only thing the one of the things that was interesting that i do remember is that again she actually quotes the title of the story the the, the, the her next novel as a walt Mitten. i was like oh that's where she got it from mm. which is kind of interesting she gives like a lot of in this and it's like different essays about like her own some of it in her life a lot on like art and whatnot um and like how she works uh she refers a lot to poetry about how she feels about certain things about like the joys of writing and whatnot and also uh, a writer's obsession with failure cool um uh the one thing i really wanted to get into is that she has one chapter that's really cool which is like uh like to a young author mm-hmm. yeah i'm paraphrasing the title sure. actually and run it down but uh i have some little notes that uh joyce carol oates this you know so uh, those notes 
this oh, some oats notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like this some Joyce Carol notes. This 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 out this, this uh, I don't want to say elder writer. That sounds kind of disrespect, but she's like you know like an elder statesman, an elder statesman, an experienced of, writer. She's an experienced, and she is essentially like America's sweetheart in terms of like literary. Uh, I suppose so. I don't know what, exactly what I'm calling her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. One of the best loved authors of our time. Yes. I don't know, but after. <laughs> No, I was going to say, like, after after she, whenever eventually, knock on wood, doesn't happen anytime soon, but mm-hmm. after she passes away, it's like, it will be better to, like, kind of reevaluate. Sure. There's actually a really interesting quote that actually relates to that kind of thing. About her own passing? <laughs> about about her own passing. Good Lord. No, I mean, she definitely talks about that and other things that I didn't read, but mm-hmm. she gets into that. Uh, Gabriel, uh, here are some of the takeaways from A Notes to a Young Author. Okay. By, by Joseph Carroll Oates. Okay. Right. So these are some of them. Uh, write your heart out. Mm-hmm. Smoke weed every day. Read widely without apology. Mm-hmm. Life ain't nothing but hoes and money. Don't write for posterity, mm. which is very interesting, especially sure. because she she mentions like the authors she started with and whatnot, and is like the classics and her whole thing is like you just need to constantly write for today. Okay. Uh, don't cast sidelong glances and compare yourself to others among your peers. Hmm. Don't expect to be treated justly by the world. Don't even expect uh, don't even expect to be treated mercifully. Here's a good one. Uh, art is coolly selective and can uh, can be created only in retrospect. That's fair. Which is a very interesting thing because, again, it's one of those things that this is why, like, people get famous, like, after they pass away, especially, yeah. like, artists. Yeah, like Van Van Gogh. Like Van Gogh. And, like, yeah, it, it's like that's always going to be the case. And it's it's one of those things where, like, I feel when that is the she's so prolific that she kind of gets, like, kind of swept under, like, the rug in terms of, like, great writers today. Yeah. It, but, like, when eventually she does pass away, I feel like there's going to be, like, this kind of explosion. A huge like, resurgence of, yeah. like, like, big fans of hers. And it's going to be Makes a sense. thing. And, like, Blonde's even going to be huger. Yeah. Um, give yourself up in admiration, even in adoration of another's art. Mm-hmm. Don't be ashamed of being an idealist, of being romantic and yearning. Sure. Be has, impeccable with your word. She she is... What is that from? That's from the Four Agreements. Okay, I thought so. Uh, she has a really interesting passage in there about how, like, it's actually perfectly... She she basically says, like, it's also great to have to be... To yearn for someone, especially if it's unrequited. That's important to you as a writer. And it's like, cool, all right. Yeah, no, okay, that's chill. <laughs> it, it, it makes sense. I it don't know. does. I mean, coming from her, I buy that entirely. It, it, yeah, if you heard from anybody else, be like, oh, stop it. And you hear yeah. from her, and you're like... Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, no, you're a woman who's written hundreds of stories about haunting and yearning and, yeah. like, <laughs> demented love. Yeah, there are a couple more I just want to do. Okay. Uh, don't too quickly uh, prejudge classics or contemporaries. Mm. And Daniel. Finally. And finally, uh, this is a really great quote I, I love from this. Sure. Uh, that kind of summarizes it. There's nothing attached to it at all. It's just a sentence. Biggie, uh, biggie, biggie, can't you see? Sometimes we're just hypnotize me. The novel is the affliction for which only the novel is the cure. Interesting. I like that. Gabriel? You should get that tattooed. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty cool. I like it. Gabriel? Uh-huh. Hit us with some fucking passages. Well, so what I did do is I read the afterword to Haunted. Oh, it no. was all it was online. And um actually a kind of neat thing too. Um uh um I did in fact find this short story online for free. Okay, yeah. I I, I figured that was gonna be the case. I tried to actually because um we went to uh the Iliad bookstore, used bookstore. Yeah, wonderful used bookstore. Great. My first time there. I take back all my complaints that LA does not have any good used bookstores. Yeah, then you go there and it's just like fuck. I'm it. like, fuck, I, this is amazing. I got a fucking paperback western written by fucking Richard Madison. Yeah, like, I'm no, so excited for my, that. My 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 hall I should take yeah. a hall I should take a hall picture. We should do that. People like that. But um no, uh, I went and there. We should do book haul videos for our Top Gun radio YouTube channel. <laughs> I, I think like people that. would like that. Yeah, it would be. But 
But um, no, I was able to get a first edition hardcover of Haunted. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Because uh, I had like a, a used uh, paperback of this back in the day, which I'll get into in a moment when we start talking about the story. Cool. But, but yeah, no, I, I got this. It looks great. It looks gorgeous. Perfect condition, too. So this afterword is basically summed up as what is the grotesque and what is horror in art? So here's Sherwood two paragraphs. Um, uh, what's that? Ooh, Sherwood Anderson. Like, sure. <laughs> here's two paragraphs I kind of want to read for you really quickly. Okay. Um, let's see. Where did I have that? I'm going to look this up. Here I... we go. Okay. The protracted onstage torture of Shakespeare's Gloucester in King Lear is a very height of the theatrical grotesque, but so is, in less in graphic terms, the fate of Samuel Beckett's hapless heroes and heroines. The female of Mouth, for instance, um, long list of exp- like the other authors, Gogol, Munch, Klimt, um, yeah, Bar- she... Clive Barker, Stephen King. Yeah, she's big time, all time. Yeah. We recognize the bold strokes of the grotesque, however widely styles vary. Is a ghost story inevitably of the genre of the grotesque? No. Victorian ghost stories, on the whole, are too, quote-unquote, nice, too ladylike, <laughs> whatever the sex of the writer. Much of Henry James's ghostly fiction, like that of his contemporaries Edith Wharton and Gertrude Atherton, though elegantly written, is too genteel to qualify. Mm. The grotesque is the hideous animal man of H.G. Wells' The Island of Dr. Moreau, or the taboo images of the most inspired filmmaker of the grotesque of our time, David Cronenberg. Mm. That is, the grotesque always possesses a blunt physicality that no amount of epistemological exegesis can exercise. Oh, that's some fun alliteration. Exegesis? What? Exegesis. Okay. One might define it, in fact, as the very antithesis of, quote-unquote, nice. And here's the last other bit I want to read from it that I really enjoy. I just found that section. I'm actually, I'm opening the oh, book. Great. I just found it what you're saying. Here you go. Children are particularly susceptible to images of the grotesque, for children are learning to monitor what is real and what is not real, what is benign and what not. The mental experiences of very young children, afterward layered over by time and forgotten, must be a kaleidoscope of sensations, impressions, events, images linked with meanings, how to make sense of this blooming, buzzing universe. The earliest and most horrific image of my childhood is deeply embedded in my consciousness as any quote-unquote real event, and I lived on a small farm where the slaughtering of chickens must have been frequent, okay. sprang at me out of a seemingly benign children's book, Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures to the Looking Glass. In the concluding chapter of this generally disturbing book, Alice is being <laughs> crowned queen at a banquet that begins a promise, then rapidly degenerates into anarchy. And then it's a description of this passage of um of Alice's Adventures to the Looking Glass, where like the white queen is like screaming and grabbing her hair and like telling turns into a mutton chop. Yeah. Followed by, Alice escapes the nightmare prospect of being eaten by waking from her dream, as in her Wonderland adventure, she woke from that dream. But what solace if the memory retains the unspeakable and the speakable can't be reduced to a dream? Mankind's place in the food chain. Is this the unspeakable knowledge, the ultimate taboo that generates the art of the grotesque, or all art, culture, and civilization? Very nice. And also, I want to say, she brings up that same exact passage in The uh, the Faith of the Writer. Oh, cool. The uh, uh, writer? Yeah, writer. Um, she, yeah, she specifically talks about this, and also she talks about how, like, uh, um, we probably talked about this last time as well, like, the first book that she fell in love with was, like, a gift from her grandmother, Blanche, mm-hmm. uh, who gifted her a copy of Alice's Adventures of Wonderland. Yeah. Um, I love that book. She, in the in the Faith of the Writer, she specifically uh, puts down the, um, oh, I forgot what it's called, it's the poem that's in the shape of a mouse's tail. Oh, cool. And, like, specifically the Jabberwocky, mm-hmm. like, those things were just, like, immediately imprinted onto her mind, and she, like, knows them off the top of her head and everything that like that. That is so. very... Very, very obvious. Now I don't know it. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's that funny. makes perfect sense. So yeah, cool shit. <laughs> yeah, cool stuff. No, um, as we said, as we established last week, and in mm-hmm. fact, that we're doing Oates Tober. We love Joyce Carol Oates. We think she's amazing. We love her. We love you, Joyce. I, I'll never have like I'll never get rid of the feeling of basically like I, I love Joyce Carol Oates. I 
feel like I've only read like one percent of everything that she's yeah, done. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, she has. A, there's a C to go, but yeah, and um, but Gabriel, there's like in the Phantom Tolbo sp- at the Eyedropper. Speaking of Joyce Carol Oates, yeah, uh, I don't remember how I got into. And then we're kind of segueing into talking about the story Haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember specifically what it was like that got me specifically into Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah, I think I meant to ask you that. Like, so you have no well, recollection of why you started? I, I might even. I've never really heard of her before. You start talking about her like ad nauseum. Yeah, I, I I might even talked about this when we did Black Water, which is one of the first episodes we did for this uh-huh but uh but like i joe scarlett's was a name that keeps popping up everywhere um I, i'm trying to remember exactly what because like usually there's like a little like spark that one that gets me into her uh sure. someone like this and i'm just like i need to read this person but um i remember specifically like i read uh hellboy the comics by mike mcnola and uh i i remember like like the quote on the back of one was from joe scarlett oh really that's awesome which all i remember i remember distinctly like being younger and thinking like that's really awesome you get like this very literary person talking about how cool hellboy is yeah um i mean it totally makes sense of course oh is a huge fan of the grotesque the gothic mm-hmm. and the fantastic the fabular and the fan yeah and the mythological and i bet she could talk to you for hours about baba yaga oh my god she will she loves she will talk to you about the red right hand mm-hmm. um <laughs> she'll go really deep into john wick fuck yeah oh, i bet she would but she would love that. But she loves John Wick. But she would. She's an interesting person, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. but, but she no, plays video games. Something, something for some reason. I was like, I should get some Joyce Carol Oates stuff. I think I wanted to read more short stories. Sure. And I was like, oh, here's this. I'm gonna at random at my at the used, used bookstore I used to go to all the time. I will get this collection called Haunted Tales of the Grotesque. Oh, this was your first book. And this? I picked up Haunted Tales of the Grotesque, and I read the very first story, Haunted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love this. Yes. <laughs> and and from then on, I think I read I read the second story in here, which is called the Doll. Okay. Not to be confused with the Doll, doll Master. Master. Um, and then I read, and then I got or the Bingo Master. Uh, one of my the uh, I have a copy of it right over there called uh, the Female of the Species. I read the first love story that in that, which was called uh, So Help Me God. Great titles. Um, and then I read Black Water, and basically it was just like uh, it was like this like oh this is awesome I really like this I really like this. Then I read Black Water, and I was like Sold. oh my god yeah. So uh so Gabriel yeah that's why I specifically wanted to cover this story um because I also have not read the story since I read it back in like 2017 or whatever it was. My God. So like yeah Your babies. Uh, I wanted to reread and also show to you it's like this is the story that I was like I'm kind of interested in her read sure. this and this is and now we're here. No I'm know? I'm always fascinated by that. What is the work of art that gets you into an artist and this is cool i didn't realize this is your first one yeah yeah no, i want to surprise this on you yeah surprise motherfucker you got me <laughs> just like that smoking jacket you have it's all surprises mm-hmm. gabriel yeah uh, that's uh, it i've been talking for a while mm-hmm. can you do us a favor sure can you tell us what happens in haunted haunted Came Gee, it's not easy to describe these Joyce Carol Oates stories. They're no? really not. They are very twisty and windy. And this, and the star of the story is always the voice and yep, the writing. The perspective, yeah. Perspective. Which we talked about last time as we well. We talked about last time with the Dollmaster. So as as simply as, I, I mean, going through top to bottom, it, it's, it's tricky. Only so many things truly happen, but it is just the way it's told. It's amazing. Yes. So basically... A older woman, she is widowed, her kids don't talk to her anymore, her name is Melissa. Yes. What's her last name? I don't recall anymore. Something like that. Anyway, Melissa <laughs> is is writing, because now she has time to write, and she's reflecting on her childhood and her childhood friend, Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. Mary Lou Siskin? Siskin, yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense, yeah. Mm, Skian. Um, Mary Lou Siskin. 
And how they, back when they were little kids, uh, Mary Lou was the beautiful, brash, and fresh one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like fresh, like smart-mouthed one. And Melissa was kind of the Joyce Carol Oates type. She wasn't very pretty, but she's quiet, and she's a bit of a follower, but, you know, she has a undercurrent of something dark to her. Yeah. But the two girls, they frequently go breaking into properties. They go to no trespassing. They go, they ignore signs, and they wander around, and they... They wonder about the world and discuss dark things together. Yeah. Mary Lou is the pretty popular one, and Melissa is not. So, in a matter of speaking, the two of them grow a little bit apart mm-hmm. as you grow up naturally. And Melissa kind of drops little little seeds across the story that Mary Lou is eventually found murdered. And... Very brutally murdered. Very too, brutally murdered. Mutilated and murdered. Oh, they, can so, only, they identified her by her hair. Only by her hair. Yeah. So basically what we establish is after um, Mary Lou gets a boyfriend named Hans, who's kind of like a, you know, a peach fuzz lipped older boy. Yeah. He's, you can know exactly the type. Is he like, who was he like 17 or 18 or something like yeah. that? And, and she's I like think 13. she was like 12 or 13 yeah, or something. 13. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's a particular house they always visit, the Minton house. Minton or is it Metlock? Minton. Is it Minton? Min- it Minton. It's like the first line too. One second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Minton farm. You're right. Minton farm, Ooh, where nice. a a man brutally murdered his wife, then mm-hmm. brutally killed himself. Mm-hmm. So they like to go to this house in particular and explore it, and you know, you know that little childlike rush of fear and excitement of exploring someplace you're not supposed to be, where something grisly happened. Mm-hmm. The two of them visit often. Melissa gets the impression every now and again that someone is watching them. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, Mary Lou and Melissa have a fight. Melissa goes to the house where she feels she finds herself compelled through an odd voice in her head. Nothing nothing supernatural, I don't believe. It's just part of what's odd about Melissa. Mm-hmm. And she encounters a strange and terrifying woman mm-hmm. who forces her to pull down her pants so she can whip her. Mm-hmm. Melissa... Pisses herself, escapes, and when and the and the scary, scary old woman makes her promise not to tell what happened, mm-hmm. and also tells her get your pretty friend. Yeah, tell your friend to come here. Yes. So uh, Melissa, when she gets interrogated like an like an asshole by Mary Lou, of like, what's your secret? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. She thinks she's meeting up with Hans or something. Mm-hmm. Um. So Mary Lou acting like. A little jerk decides, I'm going to go there anyway. I don't care. I know it's you. I've always hated you. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, in the last little bit of if twisted um, vindictiveness, lets her go. Mm-hmm. And, and Mary also, Lou. Yeah, it, it kind of like sows the seed of her of Mary Lou's curiosity a bit. Like clearly just being like, something happened. I'm not, I'm not supposed to tell you. Melissa's and Melissa does that. No, yeah. I mean Mary Lou and Melissa. Um, Melissa does that to Mary Lou. Oh, yeah, kind frequently. of like basically says like something happened. I'm not supposed to tell you, mm-hmm. and that makes that only drives Mary Lou a little more crazy, and kind of leads to that her just being like, well, I'm going there anyway. I hate you. Yes, and so, so she goes, and then obviously she is murdered, and we were returned to the present where yeah. Melissa is continuing to write these stories down. Yes, and and uh, yeah, uh, great, great, the, to the best of our knowledge, like to uh, r- r- yeah explain what happens yeah. and as always my explaining this ruins nothing about the story the whole point of it is the way is the way melissa joyce Carol Oates as melissa writes in this voice it's it's mesmerizing it's terrifying it's strange yeah and uh one of the, my favorite thing about this is that one again it's called haunted and it, it seems to be about like haunted houses well oh yeah 
And by the end, you're really... And it, the story is also about this, how you don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And it could be so many things that happened to Mary Lou. It could honestly be supernatural. It could be this crazy be. woman. It could be something else. Mm-hmm. Like Ed, the could have been Hans. It could have been Hans even. Um, it could have been somebody. It could be one of the fishermen or something like that. that yeah. Got, like you don't know what happens, but it is, it, it or or it possibly there is like this interesting kind of thing about like because they're talking about like how like houses retain violence or whatever and uh and it's like is this what happening to like melissa as an older woman like is she slowly becoming like the haunt of her life or yeah or this this house that is also just like she's completely alone no one visits her and she's just wandering around it kind yeah of, like you know perhaps she's have lo- she's already she feels like she's been losing her mind across her life and yeah. maybe she's finally lost her mind yeah yeah and uh she's always carried around the fact that she kind of murdered her friend a little yeah, bit it's, it's some atonement kind of shit yeah yeah it is but fucking it's cool it's O'Brien-y but, but not but as boring not as fucking lame Ian Ian McEwen yeah I have I have complex feelings about you Ian McEwen Ian right. you and your you and your Hamlet as a fetus uh Gabriel yes so yeah uh how did you the first time you were reading this how, yeah. how did you how did you enjoy it I think as always when I read Oats you know you know when you read something and you read something you're bored by because it makes you feel nothing mm-hmm. That is the complete opposite of everything I've read by Joyce Carol Oates. Mm-hmm. She immediately makes you feel something. Mm-hmm. If it's something's wrong, there's a sense of deep dread. Mm-hmm. You know something awful is going to happen. And it's very rarely like like horribly graphic. It is just always the fact of the matter of something truly awful happening. Yeah. And it, her stories feel like something. It's not this empty box. It's there. There's so much dread. Yeah. And... That definitely... These are fucking grotesque and scary stories. I know, like, like here's here's the thing that I absolutely loved about this, and I think if you remember, like me excitedly telling you about Joyce Carol Oates to begin with, is that like it's like yeah, this it says tales of the grotesque, and this is like a grotesque, like terrifying kind of story. Yeah, and it's the like description of the woman in the house is awful. Yeah, it, no, I remember like I I'm, I don't read too many scary stories, but even when I do, I'm like uh huh, and this one I'm like oh Jesus, you're like. You're like shit and then like and again just like her whipping her and everything like that and mm-hmm. like it's just so unnerving it's i mean we talked about this before with like Stephen king where he kind of um he inserts uh, a threat of sexuality into a story to make it even more visceral yeah or he just like maybe not even the threat but even just he just inserts sexuality just to like kind of push you beyond the line that you're comfortable with yeah and like that when, when when that happens anything can happen yeah like because you don't expect it and you're like you're writing a terror like this this kind of like like uh, mm-hmm. kind of like territory yeah and there's just like this really great like kind of like climax of just being like like oh something fucked up is happening yeah there is a there's a brilliant use of just using a paragraph break and a single line paragraph and back to paragraph break that makes you like like nauseated yeah it is um it's like she lies down she's about to get whipped huge paragraph break uh-huh. single line and so you're like Oh fuck! What happened? I'm ugh. yeah. And it's like movie editing. It's magic. And again, the story is about how you don't know what happens, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't you don't know. I mean, she could possibly be a uh, uh, what do you call it? an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Even though she swears that like you remember things more clearly as an adult, mm-hmm. which isn't true. <laughs> yeah. Usually, the, the other cases you remember it clearly because you're like you know narrating it, narrate narrating it in mm-hmm. your head. Sorry. I like that little passage. One of my favorites was how she tells this tiny story of how she remembers going out with her husband back when she was young and pretty. Yeah. And uh, she runs into a field because he wants to have sex outside. Mm-hmm. But something goes awry 
that doesn't she doesn't really explain something happens in her head mm-hmm. and she just has this little meltdown and freak out at him yeah and it's just a wonderful little image yeah little it, it's it's just great fucking writing it is great fucking writing and again like like again the oh it's tober tonight she she has like a different kind of modes like I, i've always said that she has like these like gothic epics which mm-hmm. are tend to be like her novels like the falls or blonde even um by the way reading about blonde at the end of uh the faith or a writer it's just like every time i'm just like fuck that sounds so good mm-hmm. why have, have you not read it no i have it uh-huh. it's long yeah okay. it's really it's really long mm-hmm. it's Is like it poisonwood bible long no longer Oof. Well, uh, uh, again, here's the thing. And Gabriel, you know, when I talk about book length, I tend to talk about like word count, right? Sure. Because page counts can be kind of, you know, iffy. Because sure. the page count of that is only like seven or 800 pages, right? Mm-hmm. Only, I said. Yeah. Um, uh, East of Eden, right? That was um, uh, uh, 600 pages, right? Mm-hmm. So technically they should be the same length. Yes. Uh, I believe off the top of my head, East of Eden was something like 180,000 to 200,000 words. Okay. Blonde is over 300,000 words. Oof. Yeah. So that's that's really Small long. Print. It is like four hundred thousand words. Mm-hmm. So like it's fucking long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that. And did we uh, talk about the it part two on the show? Did we? I don't, I don't think, think so. we did. We've we've been pretty focused on the, on the, on the journey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how about this? Do you, uh, maybe the next time, if we want to do like a king story or whatever, we can. We'll talk, talk about it, yeah. Uh, plus, like maybe it'll come out in video, and I'll catch mm-hmm. it or something. I'm in no rush to catch it. Yeah. Uh, y'all know how I feel about it part one. Yeah, it was alright. It's good. The kid stuff was great. Yeah, it yeah. too. All right, it's yeah. good. I love so. Uh, was her name Sophie L- Lillis? Lillis? Yeah, I think so. And she's fantastic. She was great. That. And um, I love uh, Wolf Finhard. Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> Wolf Finhard. Wolf Finhard. <laughs> sure, Wolf Hard Finn. Uh, yeah, those kids are great. Yeah. Anyway, good times. All right, so uh, Gabriel, I tell you what, eh. uh, 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 this is all great, but let's go on break. Okay. When we come back, uh-huh. we need to do a little, ki- a little tiny tiny game, a little game, and then. Final thoughts. Cool. In the meantime, throw us a break. Okay, bye-bye. Welcome back. Hello. Dear listener readers. I'm still Gabriel. I'm out of the backpack. How dare you? What? Uh, I am Daniel. Hello, Daniel. And this is a show. It's a time. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Time to play a game. Sure. Do you have the Do you have the sound effect uploaded up? Oh, actually, yeah. That's what I meant to open uh-huh. up, and I said I was on Twitter. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> There's a picture of a, a baby koala being weighed with a giant stuffed uh, koala to reduce its anxiety. Cool. So, like, I had to. Yeah, no, obviously. I'm not judging you. Yeah, I know. You better not. Gibby, don't judge. The fuck is this fucking app? One <laughs> mm-hmm. sec. There it is. All right. Soundbox. Jesus. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Last week, we played a little fun game where basically you challenged me on whether or not I knew. I could tell the difference between Joe's Oates poetry uh-huh. and Nick Cave lyrics uh, from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and whatnot. From Murder ballads. Uh, Gabriel. Yep. Uh, I did pretty decent, even though I'm actually very... I, like I'm, I do not know Joe's Coyote's poetry. Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't see how like they didn't seem like readily like available. To I have purchase. to do a lot of hunting. Um, and apparently, and Nick Cave also has a lot of songs. Yeah, I believe that. And I don't really know even Murder Battles that album mm-hmm. very well. And you're the Nick Cave man fan between us. Nick Cave man. Nick Cave man fan. Mm-hmm. Nick Cave man. Yeah, the, fan. like Neanderthal seeds. Yeah, I guess uh, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> however, uh, I I I managed to like squeak ahead slightly. Yeah. Um, Gabriel. Uh huh. I'm going to turn that on you. Okay. That said, yeah. bet- between the two of us, I'm the Joyce Carol Oates and the Nick Cave fan. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make it a little more broad. Okay. Gabriel, I'm not going to test you whether or not you know like the actual lines of poetry and or lyrics. Okay. I'm just going to test you on the titles. Okay. To see 
whether or not mm-hmm. this is what did I call it? I really didn't have anything. Was it I called the game? Yeah, this is called. I called the Oatsman's Call. The Oatsman's Call. Mm-hmm. This is a continuation of the Oatsman's Call. Oatsman's Call Part Two. Titles version. Titles. Gabriel. Big old titles. I have eight for you, and if you, there needs to be a tiebreaker, I can definitely pull out a knife. Okay. Okay. And pull also, out a knife. Yeah, pull out a knife. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, there you go. Duh. Winning. Yeah, that was worth it. Sure. <laughs> Gabriel. Okay. Are you ready? I am. For your first test. Cue that music. Okay. First title. Mm-hmm. So near, anytime, always. Hmm. So is it? It's it's either a Nick Cave song title. It's either a Nick Cave song title or it's the title of a Joris Keller Oates story. Okay. Mo- most of it's a story or poem. Fiction. Oh, it's a story. Yeah, okay. Yeah, t- yeah. Hmm. I'm going to guess that is a Jayco story. Jayco story? Mm-hmm. Final answer? Yeah. Hey! Hey! That is So Near Anytime. A... One second. I wrote these down. It is from the Evil Eye collection of novellas. Love it. Uh, Gabriel, moving on. Yep. Number two. Okay. God is in the house. Hmm. That's a good one. Mm. I'm going to guess that is Mr. Nicholas Cave. He gets Mr. Nicholas Cage. I think so. That seems much more like a like a dark hymnal kind of thing he'd do. Alright. Final answer. Okay. Yes! Hey, that is God in the House. One of my favorite titles ever. That's a good one. <laughs> From uh And No More Shall We Part. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what that song even sounds like. I just love that title. I just love that that's a thing. Maybe it's sung to the tune of um, um Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. No. God is in the house It's going to be more moody and gothic. Okay, if, if you're sure. <laughs> I think it sounds like Starship. Moving on. From Mannequin. Number three. Yep. We call upon the author. Hmm. It's kind of like they're going to get harder, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We call upon the author. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have, like, this weird, sinking suspicion that you're going to, like, throw me a curveball and be like, that's actually a Nick Cave short story. Um, he, is a no- he is a novelist. He is a novelist. I if he did short stories, though. Mm. Like, something about Bunny LaRue or whatever? The, the Death of Bunny Monroe is his Bunny novel. Monroe. I want to okay. read. We should do it for the show. I heard it's not very good. I heard it's great. Oh. Uh, well, all I right. mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's see. We call upon the author. I'm going to say that is Nick Cave. Oh, one second. I think I was like, mm. <laughs> One second. <laughs> we got an ad for... Tune Blast? Like, a casino thing? Right. Whatever. Anyway. I'm sorry. What did you say? Nick Cave. <laughs> Nick Cave. Final answer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, that is from Dig Lazarus Dig. Oh, hey. Yes. Moving on. I love that track one. Barely listen to anything else of it. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah. It, it was kind Great of like, track one. Yeah. He, he had that side project Grinder Man yeah. at the same time. And that was kind of like mm-hmm. leading into that kind of like, like I want to do something grungy yeah. and grody. That was his fine spice company, right? Yeah. You know, he makes fine spices? Fucking dairy. For his grinder man? All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. Or for his hot sandwich Shut company? up. <laughs> Gabriel, yep. number four. Okay. Are you ready? You want to start a Nick Cave-based sandwich company called Granderman? Shut up. Oh, Gabriel, moving on. Number yep, four. Go on. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Dead man. Okay. In my bed. That has to be Oats. Are you sure? No. Final answer? Yep. Shit! All right. Gabriel, that is a Nick Cave song from the album Nocturama. Okay. A title I think I got right. Nocturama. Nocturama. It was like the it was the album. He had like a string of like softer like piano ballady music. Cool. That I'm was that. that was like the last one. I don't even know if it was even that much of a ballady, but it was kind of like the album 
everyone forgets about. Sure. Uh, all right, moving on. Okay, okay. I'm not keeping score, by so, the so way. So far, uh, three <laughs> three right, one wrong. Okay, okay. You're doing very well, Gabe. There's still time for me to lose this. Still, still, do, do, still doing well. Number five. Okay. Do with me what you will. Oh, that sounds like it could be very much either one of them. I'm going to say that's oats. You're going to say it's oats? Mm-hmm. Final answer? Yep. Yes! Hey, that is uh, the name of a novel oh. from 1975. <clears throat> Right. Like there's a, there is something so wonderfully gothic about both their titles always. Yeah, so yeah. I think it, it was a good match. Well, yeah, again, like they're king, the king of the goths versus the queen of the goths. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. They're, they're both like extremely literate artists, and you know, yeah, they're pretty awesome. So All right, moving on. <laughs> was that P J Harvey? Was that who he was associated with, or is that someone else? I think it was P J Harvey. The I don't. PJ Harvey? I don't really know much about her. Yeah, I mean, Rid of Me is an amazing track one. I think she, I think they dated us. I think they were together. Yeah, that was it. I don't really remember. Well, no, that How was, dare you? That wasn't you. I'm sorry. That was my thumb. <laughs> that was my thumb making sure my phone doesn't uh, go Just a little wake. All right, gotcha. moving okay, on. Okay, okay, okay. Number six. Mm-hmm. So far, you got uh, four right and one wrong. Okay. Good job. All right, number six. Mm-hmm. Star Bright will be with you soon. And that's star spelled with two R's. Hmm. Let's say that's Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Final answer. Uh-huh. That is the title of one of her novels, writ- or novels or short story. I think it's a novel. Uh, uh, published under her uh, <clears throat> a pseudonym, Rosamund Smith. Okay. Which I believe the name came from her first husband, who was like something like Raymond Smith or something, something okay. like that. All right. So, so How far. How did he die? Uh, I mean, uh, it was something like. Um, did he fall in a black hole? No, it was something. What the fuck does that mean? Well, maybe he was a spaceman. <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, he. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not. I actually, to be honest, I'm not sure. I know that he just died very suddenly. Um, she wrote a book about it called The Widow's Tale. Was his body found mutilated? No, shut up. What? I'm just dare curious. You. How dare you? I don't that, know. That very much affected her. <laughs> um, Sorry, Joyce. <laughs> all right, moving on. So far, a uh, four right, two wrong. Okay. Two more to go. All right. All right, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, seventh. Seventh one. Seventh. Up jumped the devil. Hmm. That is a Nick Cave song. That is a Nick Cave song. I think so. Final answer. Yes. Yes. That is a Nick Cave song from the album Tender Prey. Hmm. Great song. Great title. Yeah, great. It's a great, great greater song. It, even better. It sounds like how it how it should be. Sure. <laughs> All right, moving on. So far, um, uh, five right, two wrong. Very good. You essentially won. Yes. Last one. Okay. Okay, how many points is it worth? Uh, all of them. Oh, damn, all right. <laughs> all the points, all right. Hi, how you doing? That's it? That's it. I think that's... I think that's Joyce Carolettes. I think that's Joyce Carolettes. I think so. Final answer? It is... Yeah! That is from... I think the Museum of Dr. Moses. One second. Hmm. Yeah, the Museum of Dr. Moses. Wasn't crazy about that story. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I mean, eh, it was fine, whatever. Gabriel, good job! You I did, did it. I win. Six out of eight. I win the Oatsman's call. You won the Oatsman's call. Into my arms, baby. Into your arms. That's Featured how that in the goes. film About Time. Oh, was it? Yes, it that's was. Why you, that's where you know that fucking song. No, I listened to that album way before that movie came out. Right, I was gonna say, I love that song. It's a good song. Yeah, I listened to that. Weirdly enough, in 
2007 or so, in one of my first years at Brooklyn College, I used to spend, because I didn't have many friends yet, I spent all my time in the library searching for books, and I would listen to The Boatman's Call and Of the Montreal. Call? The Boatman's Call? Okay. And Of Montreal, Satanic Panic in the Attic, basically on loop. Two albums that sound so similar. So alike. It's <laughs> so amazing. Alike. You, they could be written by one or the other. It's a good album. 2001's uh, And No More Shall We Park. Good album. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was a good break for a, a drink. Um, yep. Gabriel. Simultaneous break for drink. I think we're going to... Okay, so that's the game. Good job. You won. Yeah, I did it. We're going to go on break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we have a little thing to do, which is called Final Thoughts. Final uh, Thoughts. Whatever. Gabriel, throw us a break. Okay. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. It's the loss. To... Also known as laconic <laughs> literature, people. Yeah, it's pretty much. Laconic lit. Yeah, laconic lit. Okay, I can see that. That's good. Good job. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do that as a side podcast? You can do all laconic stuff. Laconic lit. What is laconic lit? Laconic, you know, slow, um, like easy going. Yeah, I guess it's too much of a synonym. Yeah. That's Gabriel. why I said it. You are Gabriel. I'm me. I am Daniel. You are. Uh, and this is a show. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still slow readers. We're still slow. <laughs> we're still slow dudes Gabriel it's time where we do this little thing called final thoughts it's easy thoughts, like Monday morning where we kind of give our final opinions on reading Joe's Carol Oates' story mm-hmm. Haunted mm-hmm. in the collection Coconuts and Tales of Grotesque yeah yeah what's it called One second Tales of the Grotesque and Tales of Grotesque One second the fuck is the title page Ta- okay just Tales of Grotesque Haunted Tales of Grotesque alright Gabriel yeah final thoughts Haunted mm. go um come on it's rad um, I thought it was real, real chill. Um, mm-hmm. I had a chill time reading it. Uh-huh. Um, I just popped, I, I just, uh, I lit a doob and I read it and it was a fucking chillaxing good time, fuck, man. Fuck yeah, bro. No, great, heavy, dark story, just like they all are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm waiting for the first bad oat story. Well, we'll see. We we'll might, see. We might actually have a, a, a little peek at one next, mm-hmm. next week, but yeah. I'm sorry. But these other stories always have, leave a fucking dark imprint, so... Yeah, uh, there there was this really great quote. Um, I, if you remember, like a while ago, well, I think it's kind of like a, a, a misnomer, but um, uh, misnomer, misnomer, her too. Uh, but essentially, the uh, when I was doing like a southern author quotes or whatever, and I had you pick like whether or not it was Joyce Carol Oates, Cormac McCarthy, or uh, William Faulkner, and I mm-hmm. believe the Joyce Carol Oates one was something along the lines of saying it's like I don't believe my stories are are dark or morbid. I just have a firm grasp of reality. That's pretty great. So like, and it's like, fuck yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know they're yeah, all dark. Okay. Yeah, they're all very dark. <laughs> they're all very dark. Um, a firm grasp on reality. Yeah. No. Sp- uh, speaking of dark, uh, when we went to the Iliad, one of the things I got is I got a hot ass little uh, pat- uh, mass paperback edition of With Shuddering Fall. That's exciting. Her first novel. Do you know how much of a first novel that is? How much? It opens up with a quote from Nietzsche. Hey. <laughs> Which she says in uh, uh, Faith of a Writer, she really enjoys. Mm-hmm. But um, she also says like, read someone, read author. There's especially artists like like early works mm-hmm. to get like a grasp of just like how they found their way. Oh sure. Um, and it's interesting because it's more concrete imagery as opposed to her evocative imagery. The evocative sub sub su- not subversive but um uh, subjective yeah kind of like perspective on how things go and it's very specifically about perspective. Mm-hmm. This that's a little more like yeah 
like more concrete. That's pretty awesome. It's a little more Hemingway and less Faulkner. And that's not really a good way to put it. Sure. And it, unless you're talking about Sound of Fury. That's oh, it. I'm sorry. Final thoughts. Yeah, your final okay. thoughts. Danny. My final thoughts. It was great revisiting this. Um, to be honest, revisiting, coming back to it, I think it's one of her stronger short stories that I've actually read from her. To be honest hmm. with you, still like going back to it. I like I like this one better than Dollmaster. Yeah. Well, Dollmaster was a little pulpier. Yeah. Um. It's it's like creepy and grody and gross and mm-hmm. fun. This one is like it has yeah. like a fucking. This one feels much more of a complete unit. Or as I I, I feel like I would have read Dollmaster like in a in a magazine about like scary stories. I'd be like that was a good one. Yeah, it, move on. That one's a little more like there's a ghost, there's a skeleton in the closet. Yeah. And this one's more about like a girl went in a house and died and no one knows what happened to her. Yeah. Uh yeah no that's that's fair. I feel like Dollmaster can be turned into like a fucking uh, uh like it, movie series. You know? Yeah. It could it could have been like a movie back in like the seventies. Yeah. I could see that. As far as there's not that many Joe's Carl Oates movies. Huh? Me too. I know. Um, I was going to make my game about Joe's Carl Oates adaptations, but then there weren't that many. Yeah, there's the one that Laura Dern did. Yeah, uh, based on uh, where where are you going? Where have you go? Something like where that. Where have you been? Where is that what it is? Something like that. Uh, um, but yeah, no, which is a loose adaptation, apparently. Yeah, the movie is called something weird, like Real Talk or Some, Real Love, something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And if you see the cover it's always one of those things where you read about what the story's about then you see the cover where it's like two hot young actors kind of like posing you're just like really hot young actor right. laura dern yeah I know. hey man back in the day hey she was she fine people thought oh that's not my type but uh uh mm. yeah no um also like a long face you brought this up last time it completely fucking surprised me because i did not know it was a thing yeah andrew dominic right now is yeah. filming blonde Sorry, uh, Ana de Armas. So, yeah, uh, he is. It, he's been wanting to do an adaptation of this since like 2011, mm-hmm. since before he did his last feature film, which was Killing Them Softly, which came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, that's being fucking made right now. Yeah, and I did not know our that. own little joy. Um, yeah, and I'm very happy because not only do I think that uh, I want to see a movie with blonde with even on Ana de Armas, it's like Adrian Brody plays uh, Arthur Miller. Yeah. Uh, Obikana Valley John... plays John DiMaggio. Joe yeah, DiMaggio, yeah. not John DiMaggio. Yeah, and like Scoot McNary is also in it. Fucking cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm super excited Scooting about that. Scooting on in. Uh, Assassin Jesse James, one of my favorite movies, and I would love to just be like, yeah, no, I want him to do Jesse James, but blonde. You know, put those two together. Good. Uh, that was my final thoughts, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gabriel, we have one more thing to do. Which yeah. Is a little thing indebted to old, our old buddy from the Weberhelm podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Called Hey. Oh, hey, Shauna thing, be horny. Shauna be horny. Shauna be horny. Hey, see, be horny. Hey, see, <laughs> memories. Horny memories. Horny memories. No, uh, it's very inappropriate to do with the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Gabriel, it's a little thing called Hazy Memories, uh-huh. where basically years from now, when you recall the story called Haunted, what comes to your mind? Gabriel, what do you think that will be? I'm going to think about in the dark of the night when I go get a glass of water, I'm going to think about a terrifying woman appearing behind me and telling me to kneel down or lie face down on a mattress with my ass out. And take your punishment. Yes, take yes. my punishment. I'm also going to think about that little thing that I told you about, um, the one where she's like, like she gets herself gussied up to go have sex in a field, yeah. and then she has a little breakdown. Love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful imagery. Fucking, like, terrifying imagery. Great short story. Yeah. Daniel, what are you gonna carry with you? Um, originally I was gonna say like again the thing like the 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 woman and whatnot just because that's so fucking jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know what? Actually, what what it is another because I actually have hazy memories. I read the story two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the like a little passage where we just kind of like jump back into her in the present time as an older woman alone in a house, basically writing in journals, even though she can't believe that she wrote as much as she did about what had happened. Yeah, it's just like we jump back there and in this story that might be about a haunted house it might be about a murder whatever 
Um, we jump back there, and it is and as if like the ghost story has kind of extended to the actual narrator herself, mm-hmm. and she's describing herself as kind of like a ghost in her own life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that always, I, like, that is also something that I've always kind of thought about, where it's like, yeah, it just adds an additional layer, and I just love that little touch. It's a bit like, for example, what you picked out of the scene where she's trying to be intimate with her future husband, yeah. or his husband? Husband. Um, and, like, she just has a moment. It's just like... It's something there's it's not just one thing going on here. It's 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 so many different things. That's what makes it just a really fucking great short story. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. So let's not stop. Good it. pick, Daniel. Let's stop talking about this book. Gabriel. We have something very exciting to do next. Week. We do. Guess who's the author? Um, is it Richard Matheson? No. Is it Barbara Kingsolver? No. Is it Stephen King? <laughs> no, no, no. Then I Barbara have no King idea. Is it Billy Fox? Gabriel, even better. Okay. It is an author we rarely do for the show. Okay. Called Joyce Carol Oates. Oh, man. It's Oatstober, baby. It's Oatstober, baby. And we're finally going to do a story that I have not read before. Yeah, this is exciting. Uh, We're going to we're gonna pick up the recently re-released, and was out of print for decades, I think, Uh, The Triumph of the Spider Monkey. Such a strange title. Uh, first publication in 40 years, apparently. Yeah, it's a hard case crime edition and it has one of those wonderful grody yeah. covers as a beautiful beautiful pulp like yeah. illustrations um hard case uh what are multiple illustrations uh like inside yeah you said illustrations oh no, no i was gonna say like the part of the oh, for gotcha, the hard yeah. case uh, imprint whatnot um that which has had like plenty of like uh reprinted stuff like pre-printed new materials like uh stephen king's the colorado kid and yeah. the blockade billy mm-hmm. i think uh, both are in like a hard case pen. They're just like these beautiful little things, and whatnot. Nice. Um, and interesting in here is that in this 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 reprint, right? There is the novella, The Triumph of the Spider Monkey, mm-hmm. and then the supposedly there's a follow up story that happens that like takes up the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. That uh, and not to get too far into this, yeah, it's called Love Careless Love or Love Careless Love. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's a comma somewhere there. There, yeah, it was between love and careless the okay. first time. Um, is that like yeah the supposedly the reviews of the sequel story aren't very good, but the original story is supposedly very positive. Cool. We will find out. Yeah. We read Triumph the Spider Monkey next time. Gabriel, I'm getting a lightheaded. Go. Lightheaded. Hi, everyone, again. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, please check out Self-Evidence Asian American Stories, Episode 3, the talk we're supposed to have. I produced that story. I'm very proud of it. It was featured in AV Club, wink. Um, besides that, give this show some stars, some reviews. Give us some subscribes. Um, we want to hear from you. Subscribe. Always message us. Um, you can find me on Instagram at read, like reading a book, dot Richards. Daniel? Daniel, I am a book. Yes. <laughs> I am book. Sorry, I apparently had a stroke. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. Uh, 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 you can follow me on Twitter at Top Count Radio and Instagram at Slow Readers. Hey. Gabriel, I have fiction available right now. And not only that, I've been working on this for a little bit, and I still apparently need to work on this, um, is that right now, A Cook from the Kingdom, my second novel, is available in all ebook retailers. Hey. All of them, including iBooks, Kobo, Smashwords, all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Barnes and, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Um, Shadow of the Deep should also be available, but for some reason, all of a sudden things aren't liking like the, I think the original file is kind of screwy all of a sudden okay. so I need to like redo it like kind of from the ground up a lot of copy and pasting so but I guess I'll take care of that I guess fucking I don't know uh, so right now those are available so if y'all haven't picked up a copy of it pick it up right now they're all available anywhere uh, Cook in the Kingdom The Shadow from the Deep uh, and also go to topgallantpress.com for more information to, and where you can find them hey that said this is the end of the show cool uh yeah, we're keep done. on Oatsin, yeah, Brotsins. Yeah. Oatsin, Stosin. Take make sure you take plenty of Joyce Carol notes. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. 
This has been a Top Gallant Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgallantradio.com. Thank you.